0: Welcome to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm Gail Stewart, and our resident celebrity, Raúl Sandlin, is back with us. Hey! Thanks, Gail. Woo. Also, we've got Dr. Stacey Hankinson. Hi, Gail. Hello. Raul, we missed you last week. We really did. What's going on with you? Where
1: were you? Well, as you know, I've been working through this KGB screening, the KGB documentary about KGB, the radio station KGB, and we're almost done. We have one more episode to screen next week, and then we're done, and we're moving on to other stuff. And I have some exciting news at some point to share about that. Well, don't hold back. Okay. I won't won't then. You conned me into it. No, we found somebody who thinks they can find us funding for our next project. So we've uh, started a new project. It's going to still be about radio, uh, but we're going to be looking at the radio formats like Top 40, Boss, AOR, Hot, AC.
0: Uh, Yeah, I really think you've got a goldmine here. You've kind of tapped into that... It was some type of era, right?
1: Yeah, and radio is one of those things that's underrepresented in terms of people making documentaries. I mean, sure, there's documentaries about radio, but not about all aspects of radio. So I think the little niche here is that we're going to fill those you know, at the same time that radio is on the decline, so That's, at some yeah. at some point, radio is just going to be in the dustbin. But right now, people are still interested in it. Ab- absolutely. So, Doctor Hankinson, how are you? What have you been working on? How's
0: Elliot?
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gail, I, I actually wanted to talk to you about that, but we'll we'll save that for another time. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, but your topic is sex, right? So uh, Elliot <laughs> kind of goes right with that, doesn't he? No. Uh, I'm flustering you. I can tell. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Okay, we're, we're
2: just moving on. We're going to talk about sex scenes and how they influence the. Um,
0: the movies. The movie
2: itself, yes.
0: Right, and you know, right. that's interesting because they do. They can, you know, make or break it, right?
2: Right, and they can show a tempo or a aspect of the relationship that maybe was submerged, I Ooh, think.
0: Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay, and me, Gail Stewart here, I have immersed myself in another class, I swear. This one provided by Roadmap Writers. It's the Career Pitch Program. Oh my God, what have I done? Okay. Remember the last time I signed up for two
1: classes at the same time? (laughs) I think you've jumped down a rabbit hole, Gail. I swear.
0: I swear. I don't know why I do this to myself, but I'm going to, you guys are going to hear all about it. I can't wait. Yeah, it's really, it's actually very, very interesting. It's the pitch program, which I was telling Raul earlier that you can be the best writer in the world. But if you cannot relate articulately your story to a producer, you don't got it. Okay. Your story is going to be dead.
1: So you got to be an extrovert too, besides being a good writer. Well,
0: you just have to know how to present Mm -hmm. is what you have to do. They're leading me off this, uh, this cliff here and I'm just going along. So we'll see what they have to say. I don't know.
1: On that note, and I know these were canceled during COVID, but as soon as they get some more of these pitch fests going, especially the ones in in person where you go and you sit in a room and you, you know, you go around the circle and pitch your projects to each other and have help each other you we know we should do them. that we should sure. do that with
0: sean roarback and or maybe caitlin rother i'm trying to get
1: her on the show even work on elevator pitches you know one, one minute stuck in an elevator pitch yeah 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 mm-hmm. that would be a great segment
0: OK, so all of that is coming up. You're listening to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio, now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, KNSJ, our home station, 89.1 FM, San Diego's only social justice network. Sit tight and right, people. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm with co host Raul Sandelin. Raul, I was watching a video on the Studio Binder YouTube channel. Studio Binder is a great resource for everyone. The videos are informative, really well put together. Anyhow, I caught the one about Quentin Tarantino and food. It's about the food motifs that he uses to help us understand a character. It's fascinating stuff because there's depth to the way he uses food. What they eat, how they eat it, actually gives us a snapshot into their personality. The way Studio Binder deconstructs this motif is amazing. You may recall in *Inglorious Bastards, the intense strudel scene, and of course, Pulp Fiction's mayonnaise conversation. Hilarious stuff. Food can really tell you a lot about a character.
1: Yeah, it does, because we all have to eat, and (laughs) food forces us to also relate to our outside environment. It externalizes our thoughts and actions, Mm. which is a... Huge part of building a character, you know, for a movie because it's a visual medium. Mm -hmm. So we can have all the thoughts and motivations and inner, you know, desires we want. But if the audience doesn't see that on the screen through some kind of physical something. Right. You know, we don't know it's there. Yep. So one of the things with, you know, translating reality, I guess, or our, our stories into an actual screenplay as we have to figure out ways to make everything visual so we can see it. Mm You know, so this is a, definitely an easier said than done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might remember I've talked about building character and character development. I talked about uh, contrary emotion when a character develops in two different directions at once. And today I just want to talk about character traits and characteristics. And again, these are these outwardly things that we can see. You know, it might be something that develops. Say, characters look like the you know the fedora that the character. Is always wearing the the character always wears a white tuxedo like Ricardo Montalban in <laughs> Fantasy Island. Right. I know I'm dating myself. Yes, you are. But but that would be a character trait because uh, uh, Ricardo Montalban never wears anything else. You know, it's his it's his uniform. Certain behaviors that are repeated. Um, You know, limps or physical tics, you know, constantly scratching one's head, different types of obsessive behaviors, chain smoking, the way somebody talks. All of these are outwardly outward examples of the character, and they should be used effectively and precisely to portray that character. They shouldn't be accidental, because what we see is what we're going to think about that character.
0: Right. What they do, where they go, how they how they talk to people, whether they're
1: nice. Patterns of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they're nice to some people, but mm-hmm. not to others. Mm-hmm. You know, we also have the irony of action. Somebody might be very, very, very nice and caring and empathetic until we find out they're a con man. Right. <laughs> you know, until they clear out the bank account. So we can use irony in action. And my uh, my favorite, and I think we talked about this uh, earlier, was uh, the verbal character uh, Kevin Spacey mm. in usual that 's one of my
0: all time favorite movies oh yeah,
1: because everything locks together in that it's movie It's so
0: perfectly it 's written perfectly
1: and 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 we don 't see it coming
0: no uh,
1: remember, remember the limp verbals the I think they even call him the gimp the yes. cripple the yes. diminutive he 's kind of hunched and curled in a fetal position. Well, he's getting interrogated by the macho cop. Mm-hmm. And then the macho cop tells him, well, get out of here. You're nothing to me. You know, I, I know everything about you. So Verbal gets up, limps out of the police station. And then we watch Verbal's feet limping down the sidewalk as the limp disappears, oh, that was little that was such by a turning point. By little, oh, that was so good. And we suddenly we're seeing his feet, his legs, but they're walking normally mm-hmm. at a nice, brisk, confident alpha male gait. And we realized right then that it was Verbal who was Kaiser Sose,
0: And the detective, it goes back to the detective in the little interrogation room, and he's thinking about it, and he's thinking about it, and all of a sudden he turns around and he looks at the corkboard, and he's just like, oh my
1: God. And the coffee mug, Guatemalan (laughs) coffee, and he's realizing that Kaiser Sose was sitting there reconstructing the whole story. Looking at little artifacts in the detective's office. Yeah, that
0: was that was so classic. I think that's why I remember thinking, dang, this one is so good mm-hmm. you know, and I don't I haven't seen anything that matched that. That was just fantastic. I
2: know that it's not popular to like Kevin Spacey, but I still do.
1: Yeah, he's got oh, issues. Oh, yeah. yeah. Has anybody, he's been canceled, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: I don't like him as a person,
0: per, okay. per se, but I, I, I loved liked, him as an actor. I liked him in Usual Suspects. I loved him in House of Cards. American Beauty. American Beauty, another one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And one one other thing, found a few great websites online, and if you ever want to just Google uh, characteristics, uh, physical traits, character traits, things like that, you'll find some websites that'll give you lists of uh, some great characters. And you know, some of them are you know people we know: Forrest Gump, Scarface, Vito Corleone. But there's also some surprises in there. But what they all have in common is they have something visual, something. You can see the Joker so all of these characters on these websites you know they'll give you a good look at you know some characters with real nitty-gritty visual characteristics and traits.
0: dr. Hankinson you're gonna be bringing us how best to have sex in the movies
1: <laughs> on the radio
0: okay that sounds like a great plan I'm super silly today sorry people <laughs> And me, I'm going to share the pain with everybody. I suffer, you suffer. That's it, okay? If you don't have the pain, you don't have the gain, people. Stay tuned to KNSJ, San Diego's only social justice network. We're coming back. Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm Gail Stewart here with Raul Sandelin, our celebrity in-house, and Dr. Stacey Hankinson. Hi, Gail. Hey, so go on about well, it. Well, you
2: know, um, as my screenplays do involve sex scenes, I, I thought it was a good idea to kind of talk about it here um, and how how they're used in cinema. I started by just researching what are some of the best ones. And if you look at a variety of different lists, there are some general consensus. For example, basic instinct, wild things, 50 shades of gray, um, showgirls, risky business, eyes wide shut. These are just some of the ones that recur over and over on, on lists and actually, interestingly, Destination Wedding with Ken Reeves and Winona Ryder. Have you either of you seen that Never one? Never
1: saw it. Where's like um, Fatal Attraction and some of those? Ooh.
2: Oh, I, you know, I saw that too. That That appears on many of these lists. And I think it's interesting that Tom Cruise is in a yeah. few of these, right? <laughs> Risky Business. The sex scenes can actually... Add or detract from the general motivation. I, I personally have always had a theory with Jerry Maguire that I felt that the the Dorothy Jerry relationship, though they marry at the end and end up together, it it never felt quite as authentic to me as the the Avery Jerry one. And <laughs> and so you know, it almost felt to me, you know, that it it just was a, a happier ending. It made more sense. It made him more of a of a great guy that he's um, taking care of this widow and her son, and whereas I really felt that his heart was more along the lines of Avery, so
1: excuse me, was his heart with Avery or was something else with Avery
2: <laughs> well what? okay, so yeah, um we could we could just look at that like so in the beginning um there's that that sex scene that we see actually the first time we even see them together or her at all i i think that that belongs in the list with with his other ones but really it's mostly kelly preston that's just that's really makes that scene wild right she was
0: a cutie patootie yeah,
2: yeah. and and that scene and then and then in contrast as you go on through the movie, and he he gets to know Dorothy, and they eventually get married, and, and there's some suggestion that he's doing that out of guilt. You really just see them arguing a lot on, mm-hmm. on the bed. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> but that really tells the audience something, the viewer, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and I think, it, though that wasn't the main line of the plot, right? At the end, he ends up with Dorothy. I think that it it just belies be a deeper truth to the character to me. Mm-hmm. So if I were to rewrite it, I'd, I'd end up ha- have him end up with Avery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a team, a partnership between him and and, and Dorothy?
2: You know, yes, she's, she quit her job right. to support him. Right, hence a lot of the guilt that went forward. And plus, he's getting involved with her, and he has that talk with his friend, his one client, the um, Rod Rod but, yeah. Tidwell. Yes, mm-hmm. and and Rod is telling him you need to tell her you don't really love her, and and you really, I I really felt that all the way through. And then and then he marries her after that that big scene where she show, where he shows up in the living room declares his love for her.
0: So w- sex in the movies, it's story tone and does it does it add value, right? We were talking about that earlier. right. Yeah. right. And those are the kind of the three criteriums that we have to look at or criteria. Right. Yeah.
1: I just thought I should speak up since I'm the resident guy. We've probably all heard this saying, and of course it's stereotypical, uh, but there's the kind of girls you date and the kind of girls you marry, and there's another version of that that's a little more risque.
0: And the kind of girls uh, you take to Vegas.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so there's three ki- three kind of girls. Um, and then there's the girls that turn out not to be girls, but that's for a different that's segment. Good yeah. That's good
0: too. That's good We should all talk about, about transgender. That. Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: Um, but, but the point is that, you know, guys are often conflicted.
0: That goes for a girl, it's women, too. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. It works both ways there, partner. Right. Sure. Right. You know, I,
1: I, I, I'm saying this, too, because we were talking about Jerry Maguire, yeah. and we see that part of the character arc. And I think, like Stacy said, you know, he's you know concerned with the girls he's dating at the beginning, and then when we get to the end, he's focusing more on the girl he wants to marry. But
2: would we really have thought less of him if he had been with Avery? I mean, I think he should... Call call it what it is, he's he likes her, he's attracted to her, he could be with her. It's not a, a character flaw on his end. I mean it and it I don't think it even makes him a better person that he married someone he wasn't really crazy about either. I mean
0: Let me ask you, you know, this, what was the point of the character arc to have him fall with Dorothy as opposed to Avery? Was didn't it have to do something with them, with him and Dorothy being the team? I don't know. I,
2: I feel that it was meant to align with his professional development, right? That his he,
1: maturity. He's, yeah, he's, that he, he
2: was. He didn't respect himself as a sports agent, right? And he came out with this new approach that he wrote all in a in a memo type thing, that was just a different way of approaching clients and. I I think that the author, who we we all love, Cameron Crowe, may have tried to um, coincide his maturity with his romantic development as well. And I don't think they needed to necessarily go down the same road. I mean, I, I don't know. that For me... It's... So Sex and some other movies, what about something else? Do we have another... You know, now that the Sex and the City has been reprised into also recreate the sex scenes from Sex and the City, but now like 20 years later, and I don't know, I don't, I don't feel like it has the same authenticity as the original what about
0: you? Well, you know, sequels are always very hard to follow up on. I mean, right. you know, because you you've already put the bar at a certain place. So, right. but the title Sex in the City. I mean, God knows it lives up to its name. Yeah, the the title itself. <laughs> I mean, it's a great title. Well, you know, they put that uh, sex scene in uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? Right. That was interesting. That's a good example of what I'm talking
2: about. Um apparently that was the scene that was a turning point in Brad
0: Pitt's marriage, right? I don't know. I think it, yeah. Well, definitely the movie was a turning point in his marriage right. to Jennifer Aniston. Right. But it was certainly a really, it was the, you know, that animalistic eye locking and... Uh, sure. It had that to it, yeah. It did. It did. Definitely. <laughs> okay, thank you, Dr. Hankinson for your Sex in the Movies segment. That was good. And we will be back because... I'm in class again, people, learning how to pitch my project, okay, which is super duper important. You don't want to miss this. If you are a striving screenwriter, you got to know how to deliver your script in an eloquent and interesting manner. Stay tuned to KNSJ, San Diego's only social justice network. Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriter Studio. I'm Gail Stewart. So what is this writer doing to succeed? I'm all about being in the moment, kind of. I am prepping for my monstrous pitch program through Roadmap Writers with pitch and logline queen Dorian Connolly. Okay, uh, she. I met her down in Port of on the writer's retreat, just amazing woman. So just the prep alone for this class, I got to tell you, it's more than any college class that I studied for. For this class, I've had to watch three and a half hours of video seminars. I've had to have nine go through, review nine pages of resource material just on the pitch alone, including actually the Netflix Story Guide, which is very interesting. It's a pitch workshop that Netflix did. And so they lay it all out on what they need for their movie. Very interesting. So I've got a copy of that that I'm working off of. And this is all before we even have our first class, okay? and
1: That's like reading the syllabus, right? Oh, Oh, my
0: God. Yes, it's like reading the syllabus, but it's also, it requires a lot of other, it's just... It's a lot, you know, and on the on the videos, they're great videos, very helpful. I found them, but I mean, an hour for one person talking on the screen is almost torture.
1: I found. <laughs> sounds like, sounds yeah. like you're they're prepping you for some really cool stuff to come. Oh no,
0: and, no, the, the videos are so helpful and so packed, filled with information, need-to-know information. That's a huge thing, but I had to do a draft, a two-page, 11-point synopsis, which made my brain explode, and then turn that into a one-page synopsis, which is right here. I want to know, show you guys, I've done this, and it'll be used to structure my verbal pitch. Okay, so they have you like fill out all these questions, and then you take those questions and you create your one-page story synopsis. And then from that one-page story synopsis, which can be used to send in to producers or wherever you're going to send in. Like a one-sheet. Yes, like a one-sheet, exactly like that, Raul. Then you use this as the actual outline for your verbal pitch. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm really excited about this particular pitch. This is the first in the uh, career writer program. That roadmap so well, and how, sure. how long
1: does this class last
0: it's the, through the month of august great well tell us about it to the two point two page eleven point is very interesting synopsis because it really forces you to write a story Could read a couple of the lines of this opening statement here in purgatory there is a dimly lit standing room only pool hall called the royal dive The devil is one shot away from beating God's boyfriend in an incredibly tense game of eight ball. The devil wins the game and demands souls to stave off his trauma induced eating disorder. God's boyfriend immediately demands a rematch, promising to find a worthy opponent. The devil insists that if the chosen opponent loses, the devil gets to eat his soul of choosing, including the soul of his opponent. A deal is incredibly struck, okay? God's boyfriend and his crew reluctantly decide to offer up Jimmy the Ice Kid Hughes, a former unbeatable pool shark champion. Unfortunately, a lot has changed since Jimmy was on the cover of Billiard's Journal. Jimmy's old, reformed, devoutly religious, and dying of cancer. Faced with his own mortality, Jimmy believes God will save him from cancer if he accepts this deal. What Jimmy doesn't know is that his in, that this is an inside job. Jimmy must get, get honest about who he is and reconnect with his God-given gift and save himself.
1: So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, that,
0: wow. that's just the opening of this. And I hope you get that it kind of takes you to this other world, right? We're in purgatory, right? Right. And then last week, this is uh, this was very difficult to do. And this was the script that, as Stacy knows, because last week we talked about writer's block, that I, I, I had to put this script away for like three weeks. Oh, we definitely talked about that. <laughs> it was so dumb. But... All I have to say is this right here, this little piece of paper proves there are more ways than one to get back to a script that you hate working on. So
2: our conversation was productive for you. It was so productive. I'm so glad. That's awesome. (laughs) It
0: was very productive. I I think we kind of worked through it on the air. We really did. It was quite the session. The first thing I did was I changed scripts, as we talked about, and I changed to my short film script that I sent you a copy of, The Senator Song. Yeah, we definitely talked about moving into a new place. Right. So I took the advice of my friends and Dr. Hankinson. I switched up my scripts. I rewrote my short film script. And then... I also, working with my writers group up in Seattle, and that's another thing that I learned in the watching the videos for the prep program, and that is two executives um, that gave the presentations basically said, your voice is your voice. What I learned after writing all, uh, listening to these videos, I started taking a lot of notes and I started to, all the questions that they asked about story engines and the goals of these, of my protagonist and my antagonist. And I started to kind of really bring Jimmy back into the fold, saving Jimmy the script that I worked so hard to put into the drawer for three weeks. Well, I brought him back out. The professionals readily admit you're going to get different views and different opinions on everybody's script. I mean, you you must you, you didn't like the comment that that one guy told you about, right? Oh, about Scarlett. Yeah, which is kind of a Samantha. Yes. Yeah, and from
2: Sex and the City. Yeah, but I mean, you just work with it. It, it definitely provoked me to go to some deeper lengths with the characters, so.
0: which is good, yeah. right? Which is good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we've heard you know dozens of times the old story of Hollywood: you knock on a thousand doors, and you know after. You know, 999 rejections. You know, you finally meet the right match, the right producer who wants to produce your script. You know, you're going to find somebody who can use it and hopefully wants to pay you for it. And
0: that's the thing. After watching these uh, the videos and looking through everything, all the resource material for the uh, prep of this uh, pitch class, I decided that I have to listen to my voice. I have to be true to myself. And so what I did is on this one I went back to my original opening and I switched it up now I incorporated a lot of what I learned in the rewrite class to make sure that the goals and you know we knew who the protagonist was going to be in the story to make sure that that's all up front to front load it and that was one of the main things from Conrad's son, who did the presentation on the story engine for the the pitch program. He basically said, front load your information so that everybody's clear on exactly where you're going with your script. Everybody knows exactly what's up. And so you got to make sure that we know what the goals are, what the inner goals are, all of that stuff. I really feel like I'm gaining traction in knowing what's going to work and what doesn't work, right? Coming up, we are going to have final thoughts on the San Diego Screenwriters Studio. So don't you move. Welcome back to the San Diego Screenwriters Studio. I'm Gail Stewart. So Raul Sandel and Dr. Stacey Hankinson, final thoughts today.
1: Yeah, I was just after listening to Dr. H's segment on um, sex in the movies. I was thinking how many sex scenes, you know, take a, you know, a creative turn from that. For instance, there are sex scenes where there's no sex, it's implied, or sex that happens outside the room and we hear it, but we don't see it.
2: We touched on, too, the, the absence of sex, as in with Jerry Maguire, with Dorothy, right? That, that sitting on the bed talking, arguing with the kid is the <laughs> (laughs) absence of it so that goes along with what was just said and looking forward to next segment i will be talking about coffee and or wine as a motif two
0: favorite drinks yeah are either of those (laughs) of interest to you either Uh, of you
1: both of them are but i want to talk about motifs too that sounds like a good idea
0: motifs are interesting and you know i was just i was talking about the food right the food that's introduced so i'm gonna do i might do that one next week And San Diego Screenwriter Studio can now be heard, this is really exciting, not only on Spotify, but Apple Podcasts. That's
1: awesome. Wow.
0: I know. But our home is KNSJ 89.1 FM, Wednesday 8 a.m., Friday 4 p.m., and Sunday at 8 a.m. San Diego's only social justice network. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.